Hello and welcome to Telling Stories. And the last in our series of The Last of the Two Kings, William Regal. Uh, Roy Regal, if you will. This last sequence covers his time in the WWE as an active wrestler and not his recent years as perhaps one of the most important men in the WWE's development program. This is William Regal, Last of the Judy Kings, Part 3. And we look as well at the more modern history of Lancashire wrestling. The more modern history of Lancashire wrestling. His opponent on my left in the blue corner at 18 years of age. And starting with one fall in his favour. Ladies and gentlemen, will you welcome from Blackpool, Roy Regal. The next two years would be a whirlwind of events as the nature of wrestling changed and Regal was a man to keep up with the times. He became the WWE's unofficial goodwill ambassador, taking ECW alumni to Jiri under his wing as his apprentice and returning to the snobbish character which owed a lot, either intentionally by accident, to Michael Caine's performance in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. He became commissioner firstly of the WWE and then of the Alliance during the invasion angle, eventually being the first person into Vince McMahon's Kiss My Ass Club to retain his job. He would strike championship gold again in a feud with Edge over the Intercontinental title at the Royal Rumble in January of 2002, before losing it to Rob Van Dam at WrestleMania X8. Then a European title from fellow WCW alumnus Diamond Dallas Page, which he dropped to Spike Dudley and eventually Jeff Hardy, before three hardcore title reigns. He would go on to be part of the Un-Americans faction with Test, Lance Storm and Christian, winning a tag team title with Storm from Goldboss and Booker T. In the space of a year, he had eight title reigns, while he had his entire six-year WCW run, which went to show how much the wrestling industry had developed and how well Regal had done in keeping up with the times. He formed a tag team with Eugene, the highly underrated Nick Dinsmore, another natural-born educator of wrestling, which played at the heartstrings as Regal founded his hitherto unseen soft the autistic wrestling genius. And Eric Bischoff's storyline nephew, which played on a long history of nepotism in the business. They would form a team that would win another set of tag titles for Regal. Another run with old friend Tajiri would wrap up his face turn, and soon he would be on SmackDown, having been drafted, and was needed to show up the heel mid-card. He was also started another tag team with fellow Brit Paul Birchall, a series that culminated in Birchall's face turn and the birth of his pirate persona, which in turn led Regal to losing a match that required him to wear a dress until Birchall lost. Always happily willing to take the further step towards self-immolation for the purposes of entertainment, Regal would happily be the dame if needed. It did, however, set up the return of Dave Taylor, and a return to being what he really excelled at, a mean, vicious heavyweight who could out-wrestle anyone on the roster. Before that, though, he had to face further indignity as a member of Booker T's court, being on the losing end of a series with Dave Finley over the US title that caused him to snap and reform his team with Taylor. He would return to Raw as a face, inserting himself in the main event as commissioner once again, making matches in and around Ric Flair's retirement run and feuding on and off with Vince McMahon. A highlight of this period was seen winning the 2008 King of the Ring tournament on Monday Night Raw, going through three rounds with submission victories, including a win over CM Punk, which would be a forerunner for their series later in the year. After a wellness policy violation and suspension, he would be back to round out his Raw run, in much the same way Chris Jericho and Rob Van Dam had been used in their returns, to give people great matches and help them on to the next level. His long series with Punk gave him a chance to do just that, while still holding the Intercontinental title even from Santino Morella. He would close out this phase of his career with an unsuccessful run at Kofi Kingston's US title in 2009. His last highly active series as a pro wrestler in the main roster came in the ill-fated ECW experiment, where he stayed up around the main event, giving the perennial champion and former partner, Christian, many things to think about throughout 2009. Forming a stable with Zekel Jackson and Vladimir Kozlov, the distinctively un-ECW ruthless roundtable 
that would run right up to the end of the show's run on Skyfly Network. Since then, he spent his time in FCW and NXT, putting together what may be his lasting legacy to the wrestling business. He's not only been instrumental in the development of talent, he's also given a long-term career advice to Nigel McGuinness, who he inspired to return to the UK and take sessions with Regal's former partner, Robbie Brookside, at WrestleLester to develop his hybrid, strong European style. He was instrumental in developing Samojo's persona in his Ring of Honor run that developed him into a submission-based killer that secured Joe's TNA legacy. His training seminars run by the WWE alongside Dave Taylor and Dave Finley helped nurture Chris Hero and Antonio Cesaro, and of course, his long-time association with Daniel Bryan, who developed and encouraged in the British style that Bryan loved and has had a stint in All-Star with Bryan Dixon to cement. He's now going on to develop the next level of WWE talent, and has a heady responsibility in securing the company's long-term growth at the WWE Performance Center. He is self-admittedly not a natural athlete, and that is not a bad thing, because they rarely make great teachers. Someone who can remember what it was like to fail is always going to be of value to anyone in the wrestling business. Knowing what doesn't work is just as important as knowing what does, and the legacy of the WWE is in firm hands. So what now for Lancashire? Well, things are looking good. The respect the county deserves and the growth of pro wrestling is being recognised at every turn. Latest high-profile Lancashire wrestlers would be the Blossom Twins, who come out of Stockport and exploded on the international scene via Teenage British Bootcamp series, wearing awfully bulldog-like attire and snap suplexes that were pure dynamite. Sadly taking a break from the ring wars at their OWW tenure, they are living embodiments of the legacy of that style. They were a lost opportunity, and I hope they return to wrestling soon. Editors note, they clearly haven't, and are quite happy in their retirement. But it is a shame that they didn't do more. Wrestling promotion in Lancashire is very healthy, as it is widely in the UK. Future Shock and Grand Pro operate in Manchester. All Style is still going strong in Liverpool and Birkenhead offering its traditional family entertainment approach. While Infinite Promotions concentrates on the Smart Mart market, bringing in imports from Dragon Gate to Liverpool Central Hall. There's also Greg Lampert and Mark Kay's XWA promotion centred around the Morecambe Dome, one of the top promotions in the country. Preston City Wrestling has been producing great shows with a mix of homegrown and imported talent that's highlighted the need for high production values in one British scene and has pushed the boundaries of what British Indies can do. There are really too many promotions to mention, and I'd better stop before I miss anyone out. Suffice to say that Lancashire is still all over the wrestling world, inspiring a host of new stars that will one day grace our TV screens. Of course, Catch as Catch Can, the cornerstone of Lancashire style, is very prevalent in the world of mixed martial arts. Championed by shooters as the aggressive submission tool, as Josh Barnett, a former student at Billy Robinson, put it, the style doesn't really believe in laying back and trying to wait for opportunities to present themselves. You make your opportunities. You force your opponents to do what you want them to do. You could argue that all those shooters that came out of the Northwest, Riley, Hessel, Joyce, Robinson, Faulkner, Smith, Dynamite, Saint, Rocco, Jones and Regal, have all been doing exactly that in pro wrestling game. When Billy Riley founded the Snake Bit, I wonder if he knew what waves he would cause for the next 70 years. And that's my story of Lancashire wrestling, where pain comes from. And that has been the story of Stephen Regal. The last of the Judy Kings. But I think, you know, Lancashire's going to do okay. The Snake Pit's still there, it's still producing great wrestling. Shoot wrestling and just catch wrestling is making a big comeback as an individual sport. And of course, all of those theories that Billy Riley came up with are still used and prevalent in mixed martial arts and professional wrestling to this day. Thank you for listening to Telling Stories. My name's James Troopany, and this week you can listen to. <coughs> You can find me on Twitter at Sheriff Lone Star and find the Troopany Show channel at Troopany Show on Twitter as well. We're on Facebook, the Troopany Show, and Patreon where you can keep the Troopany Show channel free forever for everyone. 
please go look at our sponsors, Indie Empire Magazine, and of course, powerslam.tv, where you will get a free month with your code, with our code, MULLETWATCH. Thank you for listening, and take care. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.